Greetings and welcome. I'm so glad you're joining us here at MRAC. We are in our sermon series uh, uh, in Mark, and uh, I'm at, we're at chapter 6. We've been talking about what it is to follow Jesus, what it looks like, uh, why you'd want to follow Jesus as we think of COVID and all the challenges that we are facing in this re restrictions. I want us to look at what it is and what it looks like as a follower of Jesus. How do people perceive you? Maybe you're a follower of Jesus and you're listening and saying, well, do people see you as a follower of Jesus? What does that look like? Maybe you're clicked in and you're joining us and you're curious of what it is to be a Christian. Stay tuned. Listen in for the whole service. And I'm going to talk some, some highlights of what it is to be a follower of Jesus. So join us in that. And I invite you to join me in asking Jesus to speak to you right where you are, wherever you are. Lord Jesus, we invite you to speak. Lord, I pray for each one that have tuned in, that are listening. I pray, Father, that you would speak into their hearts. They would hear from you and be encouraged to, to join you, to follow you all the way, wherever you call, whatever you ask of us. And Lord, give me your words, I pray, in Jesus' name, amen. So if you have a, uh, an app or a, your Bible with you, turn to Mark chapter 6. We're going to talk about the follower, what it looks like to follow Jesus. So just starting in verse 7, I'm only looking at a few verses here today and some key words of what Jesus is telling his disciples. And he, he called out the 12. Now these are the 12 that Jesus literally said, Matthew, come follow me, tax collector. He closed up shop and followed Jesus. There were people mending their nets. They were fishermen, and he says, Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. So we got this crowd, this group of interesting people, uh, and he says, follow me. And they followed. They followed Jesus, and man, was it exciting. You know, the first, I mean, he's at a party, at a wedding, and he turns water into wine. And you're like, whoa, what a place. Wouldn't you want to follow Jesus? Those are exciting things that when you're with Jesus, it's like, wow. And, you know, there's a few times where he, you know, the, the followers sort of held back the others and protected Jesus. Uh, there was times where he says, hey, Jesus, here's some fish and some bread, and he multiplied it to feed 5,000. I mean, they saw miracle after miracle following Jesus. Now, they were following Jesus not for a long time, and Jesus tells them, I'm going to send you two by two. I'm going to send you out. So really important to realize that a follower of Jesus is a sent out one, okay? We see that here right in this passage. And you might say, well, that was just the 12. And I realize that. Uh, it was just the 12 at that point. They stepped in. They started following Jesus. And Jesus says, hey, I'm going to send you out. I'll do two by two so you don't have to panic. Uh, we see it in John chapter 17 where Jesus, this is what his priestly prayer as we call it, He's praying, and he's praying for the, the followers then and the followers to come. And he says, as you sent me into the world, Father, 
so I have sent them into the world. Yeah. That's referring to them then, the followers, and to us today. That we were sent into the world. And just to give the bigger picture, he goes, I, I, catch this, do catch this. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you call on Jesus, if you say, Jesus, I'm a sinner, I need, to, I need you, and I repent and I turn to follow Jesus, he says, you will be saved. Okay, but how will they be saved? How can they believe if no one goes and tells them? How can anybody hear if without someone preaching? Sorry, I fumbled that word around, but catch hold. And how are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard? Unless you, unless me, go and preach. Unless we tell them, they will never hear. So we are sent out ones. We are called to bring the word. This is my go-to verse where I know that God has called each and every follower of Jesus. When you receive power, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will. Key word, will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. That we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, right? Uh, and you will, again, there's that word, you will be a witness around the world, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When this gospel takes hold, and you who are followers of Jesus surrender over to coming under him and say, I'm following Jesus. I am all in. This is what happens. You become sent out one. And that's why we go to Matthew chapter 28, and he says, go. Now, I didn't put 18 in here, but Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth have been given to me, and now I'm telling you to go, therefore, and make disciples. To go make other followers of Jesus. And so, every follower, if you are listening and you have said yes to Jesus, I'm a follower of Jesus, you're a sent out one. That's what it's saying. And this word go does not mean you're going overseas. It could be, but it doesn't mean that. It can mean very well that God is calling you, calls everyone to go. As you get up in the morning and you are around your children, you are to make disciples. So you as parents, you have little ones, teenagers, you are making disciples. You are called to, to be a follower of Jesus with them. Okay, you're sent out to them. You go to work, you're sent out to them. You, you're going into the community, you're sent out to them. No matter where you go, wherever you go, we're called to be followers of Jesus, to be sent out with a message. All followers of Jesus are sent out ones. You need to get that clear in your head and in your heart. God, I'm a follower of you. And you're calling me to go. Grasp hold of that for a moment. It's not just Jesus saying that to his disciples. He's not the only one. He's talking to all of us. Now a second thing you notice in this passage, that he has given them authority. A follower of Jesus are given authority. Can you hold on to that? Can you think of that thought right now? Whoop. 
And he called them to, and began to send them out, and he gave them authority over the unclean spirits. Now that's radical. We just talked about what happened. You know, Pastor Rob spoke last week about the demonic that was out of his mind, if you will, of, with a legion of demons and been set free. Now he says, I'm giving you the authority to go. I'm, I'm giving you the, the authority, the power to do this. And that's why, again, Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He's the one. If there is one, well, there's many principles, but if there's one thing that I have learned as I follow Jesus, is that whatever he calls me to do, he equips me to do it. Whatever he calls me to do, he equips me to do it. He is that God that says, I'm sending you out, I'm going to equip you to do it. You may not even realize how God takes everything of your life, all the challenges, the ups and downs, the mountaintops, all those things, and he uses it to prepare you to go. He does. He's amazing. Let me give you... Uh, a few pictures. One of them is of a retired couple, okay? They retired school principals, both of them, and they they became followers of Jesus. They say, hey, that's great. And they decided they wanted to go into short-term missions to, you know, have an impact. They're sent out. We're going to go, okay? So they joined in a short-term missions, and there's this this conference going on this there's this speaker speaking to these people presenting the gospel the good news and he's proclaiming and there's this one gentleman that has some demonic i'll use the word influence there's some demonic issues in this young man's life and he's causing a disturbance so the speaker points to this new followers of jesus and said could you take him out and deliver him so they take him outside. These two retired principals, teachers, had no idea what to do with this demonic influence person. And so they just started praying. And they started walking around and walking around. And uh, they didn't know what to do with them. So they just kept walking around praying. Oh, man, and this guy's, you know, doing his freak out things. Had no idea what to do with him. And finally, as they walked around, they finally said, in the name of Jesus, I demand you to go. And the demon stopped. He fell to the ground and came up in his right mind. Delivered. God gave him the authority to set people free. They had no idea, but they just trusted Jesus. God is amazing God. And when he says, I'm sending you out, he equips you to do what he calls you to do. Let me share another story quickly of, uh, it was of my parents. So for you that are of the more mature in Christ, you've gone to church, and you know the church scene, the pastor is called for everything, right? That's what you do. If there's an issue, you send the pastor, all right? I've gotten many of those 911 calls. So, <laughs> but my parents 
knew of this person that had demonic issues and they wanted to be set free. So they called the pastor. Pastor, we got this guy. He needs to be set free, delivered from this demonic. Uh, and the pastor says, well, I can't come. So my parents love Jesus. Hey, let's call another pastor. Let's call it. I don't know how many pastors they called. They were all too busy. So after prayer and saying, okay, Jesus, what do we do? Because they know as a follower they're sent out. They said, okay, we're going to go be with these, this guy and not sure what to do. Uh, they prayed, they went, and they said, in the name of Jesus, we demand that demonic spirit to leave. That gentleman got set free that night without a pastor. Whoa! <laughs> you as a follower of Jesus have the authority. If I could emphasize this, if you are a follower of Jesus, you have come under the, the authority of Jesus Christ and his kingdom, he has given you authority. Amen! He's given you the power in the name of Jesus Christ to deliver. Wherever he sends us, he equips us to do it. So I hope you're encouraged in that. So he's sent you out. He's given authority. This is what he's done to the early followers, and he calls us to do the same. But there's also a point here. Anytime when we are following Jesus, oh, it's great to gather together and have the holy huddle with Jesus and watch what he does. It really is amazing and encouraging. But he equips us. He continues to teach us. And for these disciples, these followers in this moment, Jesus puts a challenge out to them. Look at verse 8. He charged them to take nothing on their journey. Okay, I'm sending you out. Here's your security blanket. Bread, you know, you got your bag of goodies. You got cash. Now remember the tax collector, Matthew. He's like, okay, I'm in. I got my money. I can drop off of Tim's if I get hungry. You know, if no one lets me in, I can take a hotel. I'm covered. Jesus is teaching them something new. I want you this time. It doesn't mean this is a principle for all around, but he understand the picture that Jesus wants to teach them to trust him. I'm sending you out. I'm going to equip you, empower you, and I'm going to provide for you. Whoa, I'm going to provide for you. Now, before I, I think on that, you're wondering about this next part, but I want you, with sandals, but to wear sandals and do not put on two tonics. You know, it's just your clothing. And he said to them, wherever you enter into a house, stay there until you depart from there. And if any place will not receive you, and they will not listen to you, when you leave, ah, just shake off your sandals and uh, move on. Whoops. Don't hit the clicker at the same time. <laughs> and, the, and just shake off the dust that it is on your feet as a testimony against them. So what are they doing is, let's some, just some background so you catch hold of what we're talking about here. So the Jewish people, the Gentiles were unclean. Even where they lived was unclean. So if they were coming into their area, their cities, they are told, knock the dust off 
I don't even want the unclean dust from your area to come in. Now they're going out and he's actually putting it back on them saying, hey, you knock the dust back on them. Saying, hey, they all know what it means. <laughs> okay, so a subtleness of speaking. In the same way here in trusting, when Jesus sends you out, he says, I want to strengthen your faith. I want you to know I will provide. Joshua, you know, just after Moses, right? And Joshua comes in and says, God says, I want you to lead Israel now. Moses is gone. I want you to lead. And Joshua says, ah. he says, I will be with you. Trust me. Walk me. Give, be bold. Be strong. For the Lord your God is with you. Okay? That's what he's saying. I am with you. I'm going to equip you. I'm going to strengthen you. Trust me in this. We go the opposite, don't we? We don't necessarily, we want to lay it out saying, okay, I'll take this job if I know I have lodging, I have the finances to support my living. All those things we lay out in, when we look at a job, when we look at different things. And so do pastors when they look at being called. Now, as a young pastor, I, this is the danger as pastors, as people, as the longer we walk with Jesus, do we actually have the faith and confidence? Because as a, a new follower of Christ, as a person called, I knew God had called me, and I'm heading out saying, God, wherever you want me to go, I will go. And that took a long time to get there. But there was a place where Jesus called me into a small town up north. I was not interested, but through many different situations, God kept bringing this place up from people telling me you should be there that I didn't know that I was in a job that I was to I was doing in a church plant and so I was working at Ford and they told me to drive this vehicle up to this town wouldn't you know it it's close to the town I was supposed to that I was being called to that I didn't know and I drove into that town and flooded with emotion of this is where you need to be so i'm like well jesus you're telling me i'm supposed to be here you need to tell my wife i need we need to be here so eventually we move into that town we drive in with our old ford minivan remember that day no place to live i went into the grocery store to get groceries and i'm like i walked right back out they're way too expensive and what they promised me was $900 a month. I had a family of four young kids. We moved into the church and you had said, I should have said no. I should have said no because God, you are not providing for us. We don't have a house. We don't have income. But God had a plan that I didn't see. But at that young age, I was saying, okay, Jesus, I will go. I trusted him. We had a big square footage of a church basement, and people came in after the service. I mean, if they had a key to the building, they had a key to our house. And so we got a crash course on getting to know people in that community. Then God provides, and I say God provides somebody that says, hey, we'll, I'm willing you to, you can drive school bus. So I get paid good money for driving a school bus, Four hours of pay for two hours of her job. 
because that's how long the run was. So that was awesome. God provides there. I got to know into the villages, into the community. I got to know families by driving bus. But that was only a short income. We still needed more. And God provides this gentleman, this Hungarian gentleman, lovely family. Uh, he says, hey, you can work at my restaurant. Like, okay, never done that before. But I join him in working in a restaurant. And lo and behold, I get to know this community like never before. God had a plan. But I needed to say yes, even though I didn't know the plan. And he provided everything we needed as a family. So God calls us, he sends us out. And often he will teach us a part of faith. He sends us out, he gives us authority, he gives us the power to do what we need, and we will learn. If a follower of Jesus, are you willing to learn from Jesus? Are you willing to learn from him? Because he will teach us. And he will, he will challenge our faith. <laughs> say, I want you to grow stronger. I'm going to take you into a valley. And literally, he took taken me into many valleys to teach me. Encourage you, if you're a follower, this doesn't stop. It doesn't like say, okay, I did this, I did this, and I did this, and now I'm good. It never stops, okay? This is a given, but I want to make clear that we understand this, that he has given us a message. So he says to them, I want you to proclaim, in verse 12 to 13 here, uh, I want you to proclaim that the people should repent. And cast out many demons, anoint people with oil, uh, those who are sick are going to heal. Let, I want you to do this. This is faith-based. Now, some of us say, well, I'm not the person that tells people about repenting. We're all called. Each and every one. I, I, I shared with you Romans. We are called to proclaim. We are ambassadors of Christ Jesus. God is making his appeal through you, through me. As followers of Jesus, we are that ambassadors. We are here to bring a message of salvation, of repentance, of turning away from where you are. Let me say something and make it clear that we do not add Jesus to our life. As a follower of Jesus, Jesus is our life. Like the girl that was following me around in school. We follow Jesus wherever he leads us. We go with him. And will you trust him to do that? That is the question. This is a follower. He's given you a message. Now, as Pastor Rob said last week, you have a story to tell that leads to transformed lives. Each one of us. And you know I've been knocking on people's door. I've been asking people all over the place, share your story. Now some of you are uncomfortable with sharing your story and then it hitting the internet. <laughs> Forever out there. That's okay. 
if it's something God calls us to do, he sends you out and he's telling you, I want you to share the message. And some of that message is just right there in who you are. The journey that God brings you to, to say, this is where I lived in the church. I did the church things. I was, but I wasn't a follower of Jesus. But I could talk the lingo. I could say the good things. And then one day, I surrendered. I repented. And I gave my life to Jesus. And my life was changed. No matter where you are as a follower of Jesus, you have a story to tell. And if it is for you to do that today, you got a smartphone, record it, send it to me. If you want to say, hey, I'll do it here at the, the church, share your story. All I ask, and what Jesus calls us to be as ambassadors, is saying, when did you hear the name of Jesus? When did you come to that place of saying, I want to be a follower of Jesus? What's it been like following Jesus? We need to hear that story. We need to, to let the world know, let our church family know, because we've been isolated. We need to hear it. Share your story with one another. And allow it to say, that is the power of God. He sends us out. He gives us the authority, the power to do it. And he gives us the message to share it. He wants us to share his message. You are the ambassador. This is what a follower of Jesus is like. So if, if you're listening today and you're saying, what is it to be a Christian? It's following Jesus wherever he goes. Just like these in the scripture that we're reading, they were following Jesus. They were learning from him. And then he sends them out. And they didn't need four years Bible college. He says, I want you to go. I'm going to be what you need. And yes, we need to be in the word. We need to be learning from the word. And when God says, it's time. If you just gave your life to Jesus and said, I want to be a follower today. Share that story. Share that story with others. And you become that ambassador as well. So we see that we're sent out. Every follower of Jesus is sent out. We're given authority. We are learning from him. If you haven't been learning from him, we got some struggles. We need to be learning from Jesus. He gives us a message. And this last one, uh, I'm just going to rest on it for a second because <laughs> he calls us to rest. Uh, this is an important one to me. Uh, and he tells us, the apostles, these guys, these followers are excited, okay? They return to Jesus. He tells them all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away by yourself to a, a desolate place, to a quiet place. And let's rest for a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. They were just going and going and going. And Jesus says, yeah, come, come away with me and rest. We need these moments. And Jesus gives us those moments. Well, now we're in isolation. We have lots of these moments. No. Uh, but that you know that 
When he calls us, he sends us out. We are his ambassadors, but we have that place uh, that where we can rest at Jesus' feet, as it were, in a daily moments, in a weekly moments, monthly. And that's what I find, that Jesus gives me those resting moments, just me and him, where I can rest in him, in a daily place, in a shorter time span in daily but in a weekly space, a little longer time. And then in the year where there's a time where I can get away and just rest with Jesus. That is the rest principle that every follower has. And it's okay to have those moments where we are just resting in him. Not to feel guilty. He gives us those moments. So no matter where we are in that, we need to be resting in Jesus. So in every step of the way, wherever you are, as we conclude here, and we're going to step into a place of communion, in a freshness, we are reminded at communion what Jesus has done for us. He invites us to follow him. And he sends us out. He, he gives us the authority and power. That's why Galatians 2.20 is so important. That it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I live in this flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. It's that journey. What is Jesus saying to you? I know there are followers of Jesus that said, I've given my life to Jesus. But now I'm doing things for Jesus. No. No. When you're giving your life to Jesus, you follow him. And when he calls you to do something, you do it. And we know that because we're spending time with him in his word. We're not doing our devotions. We are devoted to Jesus. And Jesus speaks to us through his word, through prayer, as we listen. As a follower of Jesus, you listening today, I plead with you to seek after him. Don't just put them on the shelf saying, yeah, I'm a Christian and I'm sitting at home now. He is sending you out. What that looks like today can be so different. If it's through a phone call or Zoom meetings or talking to your neighbors on the phone, whatever it is, we do it to glorify Jesus. So if it is following Jesus, wearing a mask, we're not here to argue about the health restrictions we're here to testify to the power of jesus even in the restrictions you can do that today no matter where you are at in this place of restrictions but it first says i need to follow you jesus so as we come to the communion table surrender afresh if you've never given your life to Jesus, say today, Jesus, I want to follow you. I invite you to come in and take residence. Heavenly Father, as we close off this moment in a very simple message, but a very difficult one, I pray for each one here that is listening. I pray, Father, that your spirit would be speaking to them that as they say Jesus to you, 
to invite you to come in and that they want to follow, would you lead them? Would you let them hear your voice as they open the word, your word? And Lord, would they learn to trust you as you teach them and send them with this great message of hope in these days that we need that hope. I ask in Jesus' name, amen.